Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtagbasketball.com and draft.com, where if you use the promo code BOXES, you will get a free entry to your first draft. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? This is take three on the Nuggets. The big three? Or you've been watching the big three championships? Is that what you've been doing, Tyler? I have not, but I will say this. Some guy contacted me about interviewing some people from the big three. That's pretty cool. I, I politely had to decline. because it didn't, didn't really work into my schedule. Not players. It was just people calling the big three. Um, and another guy who works at the site I work for actually did do the interview. Um, so, yeah, the big three's bit, getting big and – you, did you see the Kobe thing? I thought that was hilarious. Steven Jackson, they asked him if, if Kobe could deal with the physicality of the big three. Yeah, that was kind of – that was a ridiculous question. Steven Jackson, I think, um, reacted properly by being just completely aghast of, of, of whatever the hell that reporter was talking about. Just like, what what is wrong with you saying Kobe might not be able to handle the physicality? It's Kobe Bryant. Well, and wouldn't he be the – I mean, at least by NBA credentials, he would easily be the best player in the big three. <laughs> yeah, like Michael Jordan could play in the big three right now. Right? And, Pretty sure. And, well, they're all guys who are well past their prime, right? No offense to any of them. Like, I'm, no. it's cool that they're still balling. They're all putting on a show. They're still but, better than literally everyone you've ever met playing well, basketball still. Right, and here's the thing, though. Most of them are Kobe's contemporaries, right? They're not – it's not like they're young guys ripping it up in that big three. It's all of the guys Kobe played with. Baron Davis, Birdman, like all those guys are in it. I love Birdman. Um, yeah, check out the big three. This is uh this podcast is sponsored by the big three, and it's great entertainment value while you're waiting for real basketball to appear. And uh, while we're waiting for real basketball to appear, we have been doing uh, 30 teams in 30 days. And tonight, you're going to be talking about um, a team near and dear to my heart. No, not the Chicago Bulls. Drink at home if you're playing. I'm talking about the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of the city Denver. Uh, I like the Denver Nuggets, uh, old rainbow jerseys. And, um, I, you know, I like the Nuggets, too. Like, I, I like that team. It's a fun uh, team. You just like to get a 20-piece and sit by the TV and watch the Nuggets? I like chicken nuggets. I like weed nuggets. I like Denver nuggets. Like, it's all good, man. Everything's good when you got a nugget. So, Tyler, we always we don't always start with this question because we didn't start with this question last time. But what is the most interesting thread going into the Denver Nuggets season next year? Um, the fact that Michael Porter is age zero? No, that is not the right answer. That is incorrect. I didn't um, think you could be wrong with the, that, the answer to that question, but you, you did it. Um, according to SpotRack, Michael Porter Jr.'s age is zero, which I still can't figure out. I am I think they're just predicting how many seasons he'll play in the NBA. Man, um, that back is scary stuff, right? I mean, does, does he play a game this season? That's, 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 we'll start with that question. The answer is no. Michael Porter Jr. will not play a game this season. There's no reason for Not him even in the G too. League? No. None. No games. I'm kind of with so. you on that. I think – Why risk it, right? If if he can come back and play in a next year and that's his best chance of being semi-healthy, 
as a as an organization, why do you risk that? The thing is, is many organizations had the medical. I think actually the the Bulls got more medical information than a lot of teams before the draft, and actually ended up sending it out to other teams to take a look at. Well, they had it first. Yes. If, and if the Bulls you, were like, hells to the no. If you follow that story, so basically the thing was he wasn't going to release any of it at all. And the big red flag for me was when he didn't do anything at the Combine. And his is it his brother or his cousin? I always forget. Jonte Porter, who also played for Missouri. I believe it's his brother. Like completely dropped out of the draft. And a lot of people had him projected as a first-round pick. And that kind of threw up a lot of red flags for me of like, well, okay, well, if he's not going to do anything, right, like not even get measured and stuff, that's that's scary. Because he knows people are going to be asking about it. Um, I've said sure. this before. I've said this before. It's the same surgery Peyton Manning had, the one that basically ended his football career. Um, and so, yeah. And, then, I mean, and you can kind of like half-ass it stepping back and throwing a ball. You cannot half-ass jumping around and running. Well, and here was the weird part. Okay, so he they he gave the information to the Bulls. Like I want to say it was a couple weeks before draft yeah, night, but he wouldn't give it to anyone else. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because if you're willing to share it with the Bulls, yeah, like I don't know what he thought was what they thought was going to happen. The Bulls were going to go, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was. No, what, apparently what it was I, worse than they thought it was. <laughs> what I think he was hoping was. That's because Sacramento was definitely interested. There wasn't just smoke there. There was fire. They wanted him. Well, yeah, Sacramento and the Bulls uh, seemed to make a lot of bad uh, decisions. So why I not? think he was hoping that Sacramento never got the info and they, they decided he was better choice than Marvin Bagley. And they went with him at pick two. And obviously that was been a lot of money for him. A lot, a big difference in his rookie skill contract. Yeah. Didn't happen. He went to the Nuggets. I don't think he plays the game either. I think the best move for him at this point would be to put him on the Harry Giles plan and just sit him out. Yeah. Uh, put him on a strengthening program, hopefully strength up that back and as much as possible and get him on the court and see where he's at next year. And If you're in a dynasty league, would you take um, Michael Porter Jr. or Harry Giles? Who would you – you had a choice to pick between the two of them. Give me Giles. I feel like I feel like Giles is going to give you some defensive stats. Porter Jr. is strictly a scorer for the most part. That's true. Uh, that's enough about Michael Porter Jr. Um, I'm going to go ahead and answer the question about what's the most interesting thread with the Denver Nuggets, and I think that is the return of Paul Millsap. Um, Paul Millsap was um, pretty much out, I would say, a majority of the season, if I'm remembering correctly. He ended up playing 38 games. Okay. Barely made majority of the season. And uh, during that second half is when the team really took off. Uh, Jokic was uh, almost a triple-double a night type of guy. He was uh, boosted up into the in, into the top 10 in fantasy. Uh, Gary Harrison, Will Barton were uh, doing Gary Harrison, Will Barton things. And we, uh, you know Stephen Willie Barton was just was gunning. We're just scoring all day, every day. He, he was amazing. Uh, Jamal Murray was coming into his own. And now, all of a sudden, Paul Millsap's back in the lineup. And one, how's Paul Millsap doing after that injury? What's his fantasy value? And then two, how does he affect the rest of this team, uh, who basically got better once he was gone? 
Well, they got better for fantasy, right? I, I think they all got a li- plus. It was it's hard to say with Millsap because they just signed him. He was still kind of fitting into that team. And we see that a lot, right? Teams struggle early on in the season when guy when new players are fitting in, especially when it's mostly all the same guys and then one new guy and one guy who gets as much usage and does as many things as Paul Millsap can do. That's kind of a difficult transition. Um, I, I'm actually a little bit more worried about it. I won't say dinging Jokic's value, but knocking him down a few pegs in the sense that we talk about this all the time, right? Those guys in that 8 to 12 range are so close to one another that Millsap taking some of the usage away from Jokic could knock him down from 8 to 10 or 8 to 11 pretty easy. Um, Millsap, yeah, I, think it, I think it does matter. A couple touches here, a couple assists, a couple rebounds, and all of a sudden you're looking at a second tier, a fully second tier guy. So Millsap at 33, I actually have seen him going undervalued a lot, I think, from where I kind of have him. But I'll, but I'll ask you first, what do you see? is he a top 50 player? Is he a top 100 player? Where, where are you putting Millsap? Man, I mean, he did not look good last year. And I know he ended up um, technically – he was with a new team. And uh, then he was obviously um, injured. He didn't, he didn't look like the top 30s Millsap that we had seen, right? Top I mean, 20s Millsap. Man, I mean, Millsap used to be a top 10, top 15 guy. And um, I think his, his drop-off has been swift. You saw that last year in Atlanta – uh, him fa- uh, kind of get a little injury plague there and ended up falling basically to the bottom of the top 50. And then last year, uh, per game, he was actually 83rd. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be as bad as 83rd, but I'm, he's not a top 50 player to me. Yeah, and, and so in – kind of a quick doing some quick and dirty math right he's probably in my 60s or 70s i've i've seen him go even down further than that and i don't know he's a forgotten name i think people are going to get value out of paul Millsap this year i think he's going to fall into the 80s even yeah and i'm in i'm definitely in on that uh i think it's safe and and here's kind of a safe stat line I'll, i'll read out for him I think he plays like 30, probably, I mean, he played 30 minutes a game in his 38 games last year. And some of those were building his way back from injury, right? Yes. So you got to figure he's like 32 minutes a game on that team still. Good or bad. And that's kind of where they were playing him last year. And yeah, I and like, he's. it's not like he's completely, it's not like he's like 12 points a night looking right. like trash. So, like he had a 36 and nine night. He had a 26, 13, and 5 night. Like, he's still got those weird uh, Millsap flashes where you're like, is this guy one of the best players in the league? And then he kind of reverts, and you're like, oh, no, he had eight points today. He's not one of the best players. Well, here's the thing, though. I think he's going to get, like, 32 minutes. Now, he's only going to get you, like, a three a game, which we talk about that all the time. That's not very good anymore. No. But probably, like, six and a half, seven rebounds. Somewhere in the neighborhood of three assists, I think. 15 points, probably like a steal and pretty close to a block. A block, steal, and a three? Uh, why 15. isn't this? That usually means you're approaching the top 50. Right. That's what I mean with 15 points. Now, the question is how many games? Right. Obviously, uh, a great punt free throw strategy guy. Yeah. So in Mark's rankings, 
he is number 80, playing 65 games at 31 minutes a game. And I think Mark's a little bit low on the points. He only has him for 14.7. I would put him closer to like 15. Yeah, I can see 15, 16. Um, I could see an extra minute. And I can see a few extra games. So I think he's a top 75 player. I'll say it. I'll say I All think right. he's a top 75 I, player. I, and I'm not against that. And I think he'll maybe go a little bit lower than that in some leagues where guys are like, oh, he was trash last year, man. He's terrible. We uh, we keep saying this. I think this is a recurring theme. So there's not a lot. There was not a lot of movement this off season. So there's not a lot of uh, unknowns. But I think what people are uh, always latch on to, no matter what the year is, if someone was injured the year before or out of the limelight or just kind of missing or had fallen off, everyone's like, well, that guy's terrible. I'm out on that dude. Well, like I think people are out on Chris Ball because he's old and he got injured near the end of the year. Um, people seem to be out on Paul Millsap because when he he got injured and he came back a little limp and and I don't know why he wouldn't revert a little bit closer to the mean versus uh, falling off even further. So this is another one of those guys. Uh, I think you're going to get a really good uh, value. I think Tyler's uh, you kind of hit it. He's, you're you're going to see this guy drop. Uh, well past where you would normally draft him. And that usually means uh, really good fantasy value. They got another guy on this team who did a similar thing, but I don't know that we expect him to bounce back that much. And that's Isaiah Thomas, right? Oh, you love Isaiah Thomas. Well, the, the point, and I, I made this in take one that got that fell on the scrap heap in Mark's rankings. He is not ranked 95th at 24 that's minutes. A, that's a game. surprising to me. And in only 24 minutes a game. Now, if you know how Mark does his rankings, right, it's all based on permanent production. And he takes into account basically most of the player's career. And for some players, he takes in their whole career. Some players, it's only like the last three seasons. Obviously, one of those seasons for Thomas is a really, really good year. Yes. He had that amazing year with the Celtics. little skewed. And this hip thing, like – Man, does anyone know if he's going to even be 90% of Isaiah Thomas' share? I mean, he did look like it last year. He looked like a shell of his former self. So I, I'm kind of with you. Like, Isaiah Thomas didn't look good. Everybody's going to be out on him. But is it unreasonable to see him, and this is what Mark Roberts has him on uh, on the rankings, 17 points a game, two three-pointers, four assists. Yeah, right. That doesn't seem that unrealistic, does it? That's, no, that's not unrealistic. Especially as probably the sixth man. Maybe in 24 minutes a game, but I think he's going to play more than 24 minutes a game. Well, he's going to be the sixth man on this team. Apparently, with that contract they gave Will Barton, they promised him that he would start. All right. My my guy, Stephen Willie Barton, getting the start. So the, yeah. the, the starters are going to be Harris, Murray, Barton, Millsap, Jokic, right? Like that's pretty much set in stone. I love it, and so like that's the kind of a people were saying, oh Isaiah Thomas is going to be there. He's going to take minutes from, oh Stephen Lee Barton is going to take minutes from Jamal Murray, and he might take a few minutes from Jamal Murray actually, but not not Will Barton. Well, and I mean Will Barton didn't start last year. You know what I mean? So there's going to be minutes there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Thomas play like twenty seven. 28 minutes a game. Yeah, and he played 27 in um, last, uh, last season, mostly in LA, and well, had had 15 and and four, five assists and almost two threes. Like, not and crazy. 
looking at this team's bench unit, right? If that's their starting five, okay, they got Plumley and they got Trey Lyles, who are two pretty decent big men bench options. But who in the backcourt for a bench option do they have? I mean, he's competing for minutes with like Isaiah Whitehead and Malik Beasley and yeah, they lost Wilson Chandler, they lost Darrell Arthur, they lost Kenneth Freed. Um, there's there's plenty of, uh, of minutes to go around here in Denver, and um, you know, I, I think when you look at this depth chart here, Trey Lyles, and then you got. Mason Plumley, Tori Craig, Juan Hernan Gomez, obviously Michael Porter's all the way out, Malik Beasley, like you said. Um, there's not yeah. a lot all of the there's inter- really no wings. So like I think these these starters are gonna be playing quite a few minutes. 34 minutes a game. Well, and I mean th- that's what I mean. There's no one to play on the wing, and there's no one really to back up at the guard positions. So there's not really anyone to back up at any position. You got Trey Lyles. And Plumley, right? I feel like those are two decent backup big men. Plumley's all right. And, and Trey Lyles can't really play the three either, so it's like you have a power forward and a center back, and that's it. And then Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, so, I, I mean, what are you going to do? Rotate Jamal Murray and Gary Harris up and put Isaiah at the one and then put Will, swing Will Barton back in and just rotate those guys in and out out of three spots? You know, yes. five guys for three, uh, four guys for three spots. Is that what's going to happen? Because that's what it feels like it's going to happen. Well, and Beasley might get a few minutes, right? They might play Monte Morris in the backcourt a little bit. Please don't. You know, I mean, this team, like people will say, oh, this this team's going to be a lot better with Millsap. Okay, mm-hmm. but they lost a lot of their depth. Yeah, they have like zero depth. And uh, that and is one, one injury. Season. I mean, Barton, Harris, Murray go down. You're playing big minutes to someone who I, mean, I, either, I, I don't want to start Isaiah Thomas. Well, you, and you're also going to have to give big minutes to someone who's either out of position or just not very good. Yeah, and in a very, very, I would say aggressively deep playoff race in the yeah West. that Western Conference is loaded. Other than the Kings. Murderers row over there. Any team I think can make the playoffs other than, like you said, the Kings. I'm not making it. The Suns, maybe. The Suns are going to have to take a big leap to make it. But Dallas is a lot better. Memphis is a lot better. They can stay healthy. Like, there's going to be a lot of teams in that race competing. And I don't know, man. I never didn't make it last year. They lost in the play in the basically what was a play in game. Yep. I'm not back in Denver this year to make the playoffs. No, neither neither am I. And so um, let's talk about the other. Um, we, we, we've ta- kind of talked about their role on this team, but let's talk about where you're taking them in, in, in fantasy. Uh, and let's start at the top. Uh, Jokic is, like I said, a triple-double from a center. Um, not a great blocks guy for your center, but you're still getting uh, essentially seven assists from your center during the second half of the season. Jokic was basically a top 10 player. Um, is he in your top 10 for uh, next year's draft? Yeah, but there's a, there's a big group there. And it's kind of personal preference, I would say, after that first. There's the first kind of tier, and then the, I'd say he's in that second tier. Yeah, with- he's in my second tier, but he's like 100% in my second tier. And I think... Like I said, uh, I would take him if I'm on the turn. 
and I get a chance to take him, I think it's going to be pretty rare because I think people are really in on Jokic this year. Uh, Nikolai Jokic is probably everyone's darling first round pick because of his strong second half. And I still think, you know, you got to earn it. If you want to be picked over someone like uh, Carl Anthony Towns, you you got to earn it. And uh, Jokic has not, has not earned it. So, yeah, that's insane. We, that's wrong. We, we've seen this from Jokic before where he's like closes real strong and then he comes out the next year and he's good, but not great. And then he closes strong again. And so that's, could be his thing. All right, let's, let's go. Who you want LeBron or Jokic? Okay. And I wasn't going to talk about this until the LA Lakers. Oh, no, no, don't talk about it. Just tell me who you want. That's okay. You don't got to talk about it. All right. I'm taking Jokic. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Taking Jokic. Yeah, especially today. I see right couple, now. I see a couple preseason games, though. I'm going to go for Kawhi. If I see Kawhi looking like old Kawhi, oh, yeah. I'm, That's, I'm going Kawhi there. And honestly, it's not even like maybe I should take Kawhi. It's, oh, Kawhi looks like Kawhi again? Yeah, I'm taking him over Jokic 100%. Uh, Paul George. Hmm. Probably Jokic. Damian Lillard. Probably Jokic. All right, so you got Jokic in your top eight. I do. Um, I just, you know, I like what he's got going on. From a center position, it's just it's just too rare of uh, of a position. I guess you know the scoring is uh, leaves a little to be desired, but um, you know if you can get him right there, if you're picking late in the first round. I mean, if you want to go, I mean, I think LeBron and Damian Lillard are two guys you would go, okay, maybe. Still but, only 23, uh, gotten better every year. Yeah, I mean, super young, going to get better. Don't love from Jokic. And right, we talk about picking hairs, is only point eight blocks from a center position. Isn't yeah, the if best. you could get that up a little bit, if you can get that over one, that'd be nice. Yeah, right. If he could just do the Vucevic where he was like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.8, and then he finally got it over one and he's kind of held it. Yeah. And that would be a big boost to his value. So I don't know if that happens, but that's something to watch out for. Big, big jump in three-pointers last year. So that's huge. Yeah. Well, big jump in minutes too, right? He got basically five minutes a game more last year. Yeah, that's pretty big. But you're not – and I'm talking mostly from a Roto perspective – um, you could convince me Dame or LeBron in a head-to-head over Jokic. Pretty, uh, that's that's a, a much uh, weaker argument to take Jokic over those guys. But in a roto league, a center getting a shooting, you know, eighty-five percent from a free throw. Uh, not well, not, and that group there is just so fungible, man. I mean, any yeah. any of those guys, right? You're not really going wrong, and that's it's almost why picking on the turn in a twelve-team league. Man, if you're telling me I can get like Lillard and Paul George, great. Man, sign me up for that. Yeah. In fact, I've been you know I've been trying to uh, looking at that a little bit, and um, there's kind of like there's that center pack that we talk about in uh, previous episodes, those late centers of like Stephen Adams types and Miles Turners, and then you there's also like a late uh, group of, of point guards out there, you know, like your Chris Dunn's and. That makes me kind of uh, lean towards getting some elite wings in in on that turn. So you know, I've been looking at like what? Why not just go Butler George? 
if if Lillard and Jokic are and are gone, and LeBron's gone, you know Jokic should, or not uh, Jokic, but uh, George and and Jimmy Butler, you've just locked up uh, two of the best threes in the game. Yeah, and I mean, especially early, like right now, even going Kawhi and and Paul George is yeah, like boom. a win, win your league strategy right there. Like I'm gonna try to take this. Done. I mean, we we don't really know what we're gonna get from Kawhi yet, obviously, but. I mean, if Kawhi's 100% healthy, that sounds like maybe a league-winning strategy right there. Yeah, I'm 100% on that. And we're going to do some of those uh, who-do-I-drafts where we actually go through that top 10, top 12 and uh, do a uh, basically a mock draft of the first five or six rounds. And uh, we'll probably beat you over the head with um, our draft philosophy during those. So, you know, stay tuned for those who-do-I-draft segments coming up closer to the uh, regular season with the Denver Nuggets finishing up here. um, You have a a group of players, Gary Harris and Will, uh, Will Barton and Jamal Murray, all pretty much twos. Some of them play two, three, some play one, two, and they're all, I said, they're all pretty similar players overall. Um, The outlier being, I think Gary Harris steals kind of makes him the leader of this pack. Um, Will Barton is going to, shoot a lower percentage but he uh gets better rebounds and uh jamal murray is kind of like basically a gary harris light or yeah so what order do you have these guys in are you interested in any of them do you see them making a leap this year so in my personal rankings it it's okay. harris murray and then Will Barton. I know, because you are a Will Barton hater. No, 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 no. That's not where I'm going with this. We'll talk okay. about Will okay. here in a second. Okay. So okay. Mark Roberts has Jamal Murray at 37th and Gary Harris 45th. He's got Jamal Murray ahead of Gary Harris. Yes, sir. Now, that's that's a bit surprising to me because I feel like those players incredibly similar. Well, here's um, here's the surprising The most surprising part to me, right, is apparently – by his value, right? So Harris shoots a little better from the field, and Murray shoots a little better from the line. So we'll just kind of cross that out. That's pretty similar. Yeah. Pretty similar threes, okay? Or, or Murray's averaging a rebound more and 0. .7 assists more. That's nice. But Gary Harris is averaging 0. .6 steals more. Now, That's to big. me, I'd rather have the 0. .6 steals than the rebound and assist. Yeah, I'll take the steals. But – by Mark's algorithm, that's not the way it goes, but still give me Gary Harris. If you're telling me those are the numbers, I'm still taking Gary Harris above Jamal Murray. That's just um, me. Yeah, I'm with you. Also, I mean, Jamal Murray uh, might play more games and um, does get a, almost a half a block a game, which is uh, pretty nice. To me, you could inter- switch those guys. I think Gary Harris, if he is eligible for, a, uh, for the uh, two or the three, on your team, like if he can play a forward and a guard spot, depending on how you have your roster set up, makes him even just a tad bit more valuable. So I'm taking Gary Harris over Jamal Murray, but uh, to me, they're both potentially top 50 players. I think Gary Harris is for sure a top 50 player, and uh, Jamal Murray, I, I, you know, he's 21 years old. You know, he, he's going to improve, and I can see him being a top 50 player. Okay, all right, let's get down to it. This is the one you've been wanting to take me to task on, so let's hear your Will Barton love. All right, once again, you are are incorrect and wrong about Will Barton's uh, fantastic fantasy value 
And I think you're a bit wrong about his NBA talent as well. You've been hating on Will Barton for like three years. And every single year he goes off for the second half or like the last two months or a two months span where he's a top, easily a top 50 player last year with totals on totals. He played 81 games. So that's helping him out a bit. He finished 29th in the second half of the season. He was in the top 25. He is Will Barton and he is a fantasy darling. And I love him. Okay. So that was never the argument I made against Will Barton. I don't believe that. Okay. And if you remember all the way back to when Will Barton joined the Nuggets in like 2014, the case that both Mark and I made at that time to you was that we didn't think Will Barton was a great NBA player. Correct. You guys he's always been haters. a he's always been a better fantasy player than NBA player. Will you give me that? I will I will give you that. Okay. He had his best season of his career last year. Will you agree with that? That is, uh, I think, pretty obvious. But it's also the first time in his career where he's been given the keys. He's not coming off the bench. He's not, um, you know, going cold because he isn't well, he's here on the floor getting experience and getting into the flow of the game. Some guys just kind of need that stuff. He started a ton of games last year. He played 81 games. He played 33 minutes a game. Um, uh, up and to 35 during the second half of the season. The dude, the dude can ball. And he's 27. He's in his prime. So here's my point, and here's why I still think I'm right. Last year was the first year of his career, and I will admit he was better last year. He looked better last year. It was the first year of his career that he rated as an above league average player by win shares for 48. Okay. And as is, that, is that one of the is that, is that going to be one of the categories in your uh, no, new no. dynasty league? So here's my point. Okay. I, I, I've never been a huge fan of his actual NBA game. And my point all the way back in 2014 when he was basically, I mean, he had played three seasons for Portland, never really gotten any minutes, was if I don't really think you're that good of an NBA player, I don't really think you're going to earn huge minutes. He's gotten better. I'll give him credit. He's gotten better. He's getting the minutes now. I don't see any reason why he doesn't get huge minutes on this team. We just talked about how bad the bench is. Yeah, it's pretty bad bench. There's nowhere for them to go. So Will Barton is 100% going to play at least 33 minutes uh, again this year, which made him per per game a a top 50 player. So now let's get down to business. Let's get down to brass tacks here. All right. Okay. Where, Where are you ranking him, and where do you think he should be ranked? Like, mm. like the okay. So the we, there's two kind of perceptions here, right? There's your perception and the market's perception. Sure. I think some people are going to read the numbers you read a minute ago, where he was 25th at the end of last season, or whatever the number was, yeah. and and take this guy way too high. But maybe that's just me. Now you're on to something. So I, I I'm in a, I'm in total agreement with you that people are going to look at his performance last year, and it's really easy to go out and take a look what he did, what he was ranked. And I think you're also going to see quite a few um, rankings out there uh, from less reparable sources. Um, not, I think actually Mark Roberts over on hashtag basketball.com's uh, projections has him a, a quite a, a little too low for my taste. Uh, the hate is still there. I can, I can, I can smell. Well, he only gave him 30 minutes, which yeah. I um, think we yeah. can 
Mark, well, what are you doing? Well, no, no, no. And then Mark will tell you this, right? That a lot of it is he really only got 33 minutes last year. And before that, he was around 28. So yeah, it's the algorithm. Right, so and that algorithm is is more accurate than it is not, and I cannot hate on the uh, on the algorithm. Uh, but no, I, I'm following your your thread here. They're gonna see, oh, in the second half, he was a top thirty player. They go out to totals, they see that eighty one game, and they're like, oh, he's a top twenty five player. I don't think I can draft Will Barton in the top fifty. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, that, I, I mean, think there are fifty play, and like that sounds really stupid especially since I just uh, read off that there were, he, he finished in the top 25 on totals. Him and Lou he Williams. finished in the top 50 on average. He and Lou Williams are in that same boat for me. And Lou Williams is the same thing, right? He was way up yeah. there last year. And I'm not taking him in the top 50 either. No, I, I'm definitely not taking Lou Williams in the top 50. Like he's fallen off my planet. Uh, but like Will Barton has not fallen off for me. Like, okay. So is there, I'm a- world, is there a world where, I do take Will Barton in the top 50 based on where I'm drafting. Yeah, there is. I doubt it, but I think there is. So is he third in your Denver Nuggets, whatever you want to call it, starting rankings? Or behind? is he behind Harris and Murray? In a Roto League, yes. Okay. So. In a, uh, maybe in a head-to-head league, you can convince me that uh, Jamal, he's ahead of Jamal. But right. I don't know. All right, so I'm going to name you like 10 players that I'd personally rather have over Will Barton that are all ranked outside the top 50 in Mark's rankings. You ready for this? Okay, let me hear it. Jeff Teague. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. I'd much rather have Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague's like seven assists are going to make him way more valuable than Will Barton, if you ask me. We were both on uh, Jeff Teague last year, and I think people are going to be out on him again for some reason. Um, this is an interesting one, and maybe one I'll have to think more about. Aaron Gordon. I don't know about that. Aaron Gordon is kind of hit or miss. What's going on in Orlando? I don't like his situation. I like Will Barton's situation better. Well, and I, I mean, we've, we're going to talk about that when we get to Orlando. Like that whole non point guard thing worries the two out of me. They're going to run Aaron Gordon a point guard. Uh, Luka Doncic. All right. Well, that's not fair. You can't bring sexy rookies in to this discussion. These are guys all ranked outside the top 50 in Mark's okay. rankings. Uh, Enos Cantor. I like Enos Cantor. I'd rather have Cantor than him, too. Uh, let's see here. I got a couple more. Uh, Nick Batum. I don't know about that one, either. Oh, no. See, I think that's a mistake. You're sleeping on Batum. I am sleeping. I, I'm not sleeping on Batum, but I think you're... You're inflating Batum back to some older, um, older days, and uh, I have a personal relationship uh, with Nick Batum. He did me wrong. You guys were sorted lovers at one point. He, we were roommates, and uh, what he did is made me lose my fantasy league like at least three years by uh, not uh, playing. He's a piece of crap. Uh, I, I like Nick Batum. This year, actually, he's going to be on. He's very, very uh, under dra- under draft right now. Paul Millsap, another nugget. I don't know. Give me Millsap, man. Mm, I don't know. 
I'll say this too, and this is another thing that maybe worries me a little bit about Will Barton is, is he going to get as much usage starting every game? And maybe you're going to say they shift him back to that bench role a little bit in some games. I think he got a lot of his scoring and just like, it's your ball basically in some sure. of those bench units. And But I mean, like we, he started quite a few games down the stretch last year. Oh, well, he started basically half his games, right? He started 40, he played 81, like, yeah. And that was during the second half, and his second half was better than his first half. But yeah, by but, quite a bit, actually. But here's the thing, too. He was starting, but, like, how much of it was he starting and then kind of still being that head of the sixth, you know, head of the second unit, and then they were bringing the other I, guys back on. I think the they're being forced to do that again this season. And that, that's possible. Um, so here's I'll, I'll end it with two more. Jonathan okay. Isaac. I like Jonathan Isaac. I think I'd still rather have Will Barton. Now, see, this is kind of a home runner. This is yeah. a, like in once a, again, I don't trust Orlando. In a deep league, I would definitely rather have Will Barton. In a shallow league, though, give me the upside of what Isaac might be. That's and, a good one. you could you might you might really hit on Isaac, and he could be you know, a Karolinko-esque type of player, you know, like across the board, maybe not, never a great scorer, but like tons of counting stats. Yeah. And then the last one for me is a guy we've talked about a little bit, Kyle Anderson. I'd rather have Kyle Anderson than Will Barton. I just feel like the defensive stats are going to be so much better. Like Kyle Anderson could be elite steals and a block a game. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I, I think I still take Will Barton just because he's great. Um, now, see, I feel like Kyle Anderson is a great Roto player this year, and you're always the man champion for Roto. He's not going like to score Kyle, a I ton. Like, I like Kyle Anderson. I like Will Barton better. I like all these in, players. Every one of these Roto, players which is I like. With his 43% from the field. I like all of these players. Um, I think you're messing that one up in the Roto League, especially. Nah. I'm good. I'm good with that. Um... I think that's it for the Denver Nuggets. Unless you have any, I guess, late um, – not late guys, but um, we talked about how bad this bench is. is there, there's any deep league throws out here? Find me up for a little bit of trade Lyles probably in the deep league just in the sense that I feel yeah. like they're going to have to play somebody and they're going to have to use somebody off that bench to score a little bit. And and- trade Lyles is really, really good in, in, in longer minutes. Right, and like he, you know what I mean? And if Millsap goes down or – you know, Jokic, like I could see Trey Lyles playing more minutes, and so that's exciting. Um, the bench is just so bad that give me some Trey Lyles, and maybe even a little bit of Mason Plumley. If he, if people are sleeping on him, like taking him at like pick two hundred, and I'll take a little bit of him just in the sense of like I feel like this bench has not much to offer. Yeah, um, I'm with you. It's just a really, really bad bench. Uh, I don't know what else to do here. Uh, that's I think for the Denver Nuggets. If you guys like what uh, we are talking about you like the podcast um go ahead rate and review us whatever device or application you are listening to this podcast on if you want to reach out to us you can find me at watch the boxes on twitter and tyler at tyler p watts with two t's over there uh feel free to hit us up with questions about your team questions about the Denver nuggets or uh stuff you want to hear on the podcast leading up to the season Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you want to subscribe, get in the. I, I think we have maybe one spot left on that um, 
Dynasty League for Tyler's. Go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. I worked hard on these. Uh, Very nice rules for this Dynasty League. So if this one fills and we can get enough people to do another one, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Okay. You'll think about it. So if we get more interest in it, we might be doing two. Right. I and, like that. I like that we're open. We're open to suggestions. We're open to the ideas. Right? And and so that's why if you people want to play, get in there. Don't worry about it being the last spot. Put the money down. Put your money where your mouth is. Well, right? I mean, you're not just paying to get into the league. You're subscribing right. to Patreon uh, to, to help out the podcast, to keep the podcast running. Um, and you're going to get exclusive content, not just on the lead up to the season, but during the season as well. So, you know, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. We will try to help you win your league as much as we can. As we always try to do. Uh, I think that's it for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, we will continue with our 30 teams in over 30 days uh, next time. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good one.